welcome back to another episode. I want to kind of start off by saying we pre-record our episodes. So if our energy is not high right now, it's because we're in the week of June 4th, the first week of June. So by the time you hear this, it'll be later in June. But right now we're dealing with a lot emotionally in this country. And I think... If our energy is not high, that is why. But we still wanted to come and record. And yeah, we don't really have a topic. Usually we try to find like a talking topic. We don't have that today. So what it, how's, your been, how's your week been going? That's my first question. Well, if I'm being honest, this week has been crazy, not just because of of all of the the movement going on and all of that. But in general, also, it's just been like the week where things have gotten the most quote unquote normal for me. Um, My dad was the one that was going to the market and nobody was leaving home. But this week, so on, on Sunday, was the first time they opened the churches. So we went to church for the first time, but they only let in like a 30% of people um, yeah, you could go, but you had to be like wearing a mask and you have to like sit six feet away from people and you can't sit in front or behind anybody. They put like closings. So that was a little strange. And then this week I had to go to the doctor to do like a checkup because of when I went to the hospital and I have to talk to a couple doctors and, um, just like little checkups. And it's been really, really bad to my anxiety if I'm being honest. I hadn't really left the house in like those two three months I've been like running around the block and stuff but but like leaving the house I've I've lately I've had to take my dad my brother to the airport I've had to take everybody to church I've gone to like one or two doctors and it's and I had to go to the the market the other day which I was uh, freaking out about of course I've worn mask and protection and stuff but but like when I'm on the road my anxiety gets really heightened and I start crying (laughs) and so that's been like I don't know. It's it's been strange, and I don't really know if it's just like the the whole week and everything. But it's it's been like really bad anxiety wise. But like I know I have to like figure that out and have everything be normal. Apart from that, though, to kind of give off a positive note, I guess I've I don't know if it's because I've I started running. I'm like teaching myself to run for real because <laughs> I had already maybe mentioned that I was starting to run, mm-hmm. but I found like an actual guide instead of just doing it off of myself. <laughs> so um, I just had to follow like a guide. And so I've been like getting more into it and it's been like fun. And I think because I've been running, I've been learning a little bit about the benefits of running. And one of the big reasons I wanted to do it is because it helps with anxiety, um, but it has other benefits. And one of the things I had ta- read about was that it like helps uh, you concentrate and it helps like expand your mind. I don't know if they mean like actually help you use parts of your mind that we don't use or they mean like just like because you concentrate. But I've been writing a lot and you know that because, you know, we don't write without each other. <laughs> Every time I'm like, oh, Andrea's not writing today. I got to do it without her. I don't end up writing more than like two words, which is sad. <laughs> but like, well, I'll get past that eventually. But I've been writing and I'm writing a new, hopefully it's a short story. I don't want it to be a book because if it's a short story, I can finish it quicker and then get back to my book, which is is funny because as I've been running, there's like two houses that I like basically used as the description of like two people, two main people in the, in my book. And every time I pass by the house, I'm like, oh my God, this person would live here. And I'm like, oh, I gotta write that book. (laughs) Um, So I've been doing that. I also started a book. So one of my favorite authors is Jennifer Weiner. I don't know if it's because she writes about bigger girls and I've always been like a bigger girl or what, but like I've always like really liked her writing style, how she talks about people having normal lives and all that. And she just released a book, I think in May, uh, called Big Summer. And I was really excited. So I I used that as a motivation. And once I ran for two months straight, I got the book and I started reading it two days ago. And I have been just really, really, really enjoying it. Like, I haven't been into a book like this in a long time. And there's just some, there's a couple, like, sentences and, like, descriptions that have really, like, I have just identified with. Because it's basically about this girl who's bigger, but she's, like, she's an influencer. She starts out being an influencer, but she talks a little bit about before and when she decided to be an influencer. I don't have, like, a specific paragraph figured out or anything, but there's thoughts that she's had where she's, like, oh, like, she's tried all types of diets. And she's always said, like, oh, once I drop this many pounds, I can do this. 
this and things like that. It's really hit me because I'm like, I've felt these things. I remember there was this one sentence that is like really crushing and sad, but it's true. Where the girl says that, um, that she would do diets and exercise to like lose weight. And then instead of feeling good about herself, she would feel like grabbing a knife and cutting parts of her stomach and stuff. Like not that she would do it, but that she would feel like so frustrated. And I've 100% thought that many times that like you just like look at your stomach and you're like, I want to cut this all off. Really sad and can't believe I'm admitting this. <laughs> but but it's, it's sad and I like how I've only read maybe, I haven't read that much because I just started it three days ago, but I'm on page 61. I read like slow. <laughs> not that I'm to talk about body positivity specifically or anything but it just I do think it's something important and I really like how so far in this book I've identified a lot and like I know that for me getting to a point where like I I'm doing things like I'm running and I'm eating healthier and like I've kind of gotten to the point where this girl in the book has and I think it's interesting because I know like I still hear my mom and she'll be like oh I've gained so much weight and I'm doing this diet and I need to do this diet I need to lose all this weight and I'm like uh, I, I remember I was always like that and I've like now just gotten to a point where like I'm done with diets I'm done with all that I, if I lose weight I lose weight but I've like tried to just focus on feeling good which is a hard point to get to you know mm-hmm. and it's a it's a harsh thing for me to talk about it's, it's very hard um yeah unfortunately even though body positivity is trying to, is kind of trending um it's it's something that people have lived with and been living with. And I don't know, the Hispanic culture, I feel like, and I don't know about other cultures, but I know for me, it was like horrible growing up with, in that culture, it's like so important, your weight, it's like everybody's topic of conversation. And it's always bothered me. Um, and I don't think it's healthy. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um no, yeah, I agree. Our culture is definitely, they always have something to say about women's weight. And you always get like those comments of like, did you gain weight? Did you lose weight at family events? And it's like the first thing they notice. Yeah. They're like, you look so pretty. Did you lose weight? Uh, what? <laughs> they never even say like, how are you doing? They just say, oh, wow, you've lost weight. And I've learned to uh, respond by saying, oh, yeah, it's because, you know, and I start going into medical things so that they like realize like, oh shit, it's not because she's just eating a box of Oreos because she wants to. It's because something medically is wrong. And well, mm-hmm. not medically wrong, but like, you know, I, I go into talking about my PCOS and I'm like, well, it's actually my hormones. And like, I'll just go on on this thing. Yeah, I have PCOS too. Yeah, I do it because like, I know that they were just saying it to, to for me to say thank you. And it's like, no, no, thank you here's the real facts <laughs> and then it'll kind of low-key make them feel bad and I don't care <laughs> you're like heck yeah feel bad girl yeah because if you're gonna call me out in front of everyone at a family event then I'm gonna call <laughs> you out at a family in front of everyone at the family event as well and well it's become normalized I think that's part of the problem that when you go places it's like they're expected to say something and I, I gotta say yeah. like there was a point where like I was eating really well and I did lose like a lot of weight and nobody said anything and even though like I don't want anybody to tell me I felt like I not validated because and I think that's also a problem mm-hmm. it felt so strange that nobody had mentioned I was like did I not lose weight and it was strange but it's it's like a strange balance where you don't want people to mention it but you're so used to it that if they yeah. don't mention it you're like what <laughs> is this in my head yeah and that's true they never mention it when you look good they always mention it when you're gained weight they were never like wow like what healthy habits are you doing you know they're just like wow maybe we should all stop eating this and that and this i don't know i've learned to just eye roll it and my family has stopped because i've called them out on stuff um and i don't and i don't just mean my parents i mean like extended family mm-hmm. yeah that's most i meant i meant both <laughs> but extended family is hard to kind of control because your fa- immediate family you can say listen that's hurting my feelings and eventually they'll get it but like aunts and uncles that you see like every other month it's like you can't really you know what I realized? This happened to me this past weekend. You know, this past weekend, we were celebrating something in my family. And at the same time, everything that's going on in the world, I was very like hyphened with my emotions. Yeah. We were at a family gathering and I re- had a realization. I had an epiphany. I am, you know how every family has that one person in the family that is like the the one that's excluded, the one that doesn't fit, the one that doesn't think the same. I realized... I was that person. I had like a 
a disagreement with a uh, family member and um, voices were, were raised and I stood my ground because I'm the type of person that when I have a certain belief, you know, I, I speak it. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, in our culture, we're taught not to speak to our to our elders, our aunts, our uncles and stuff. Like not to contradict them. Pretty much. We're, we're taught to say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, bow our heads and move forward. But... And I've had discussions with my parents about this because I don't know. I think that like if you feel insulted or you feel like someone said something wrong, it doesn't matter how much older they are, that you should be able to say something. Because I think that respect goes both ways. But, but it is yeah. something that you're taught. Yeah. It's something that I kind of broke this weekend and I've done this before like I've been outspoken about my certain whether it's political views whether it's thing and you know I do have some family members that will ask me and I know that they genuinely want to hear my point of view and I respect that because like I know they probably don't think the same as me but they're like let me hear what you have to say and then I can see like oh. their mind is starting to get it but this past weekend that wasn't the case like this other person they're very much did not agree with protesting and all of this. And I was very outspoken and was like telling her facts. And um, there was like a little moment where she said something along the lines of like, and I don't want to repeat it, but she said something that kind of almost hinted as though if I wasn't raised right for speaking up for what, for being disrespectful in a sense, because I guess technically I was being disrespectful for speaking my opinion to someone who was an adult in front of everybody. But I never raised my voice and she did just to point that out. And so then uh, my parents weren't at this event family gathering. And so when I got home, I told my mom and I knew that she was going to be like, you know, not to do that. And she did say, you know, did you raise your voice? I was like, no. And she's like, okay, I believe you. She's like, you know, just people have different views. I'm proud that you're speaking, you know, what you believe and, you know, some people may not agree and that's okay. And I was like, yeah, like, I understand. Like, I'm not here to do anything, but it just pissed me off that I was told that I wasn't raised right when in reality I was raised right. That's why I, I was able to speak out and not be afraid to speak out to this person. <laughs> well, yeah, because she was, I mean, she was technically yeah. insulting your parents, right? Which is also disrespectful. Yeah, and I bet she wouldn't have done it. My parents were there. Let me tell you that. Um, But yeah, so I had that epiphany this week was... Like, Dane, I'm that person. <laughs> like, I'm that person in my family who, like... The person I see is, like, that person who, like, stands out, but, like, in a bad way. is always, like, that one cousin or one aunt who's nobody really wants to invite to the party. But, like, when there's a big enough gathering, it's, like, you have to invite them. I wouldn't think somebody who's outspoken. I know that there's, like, one person in the family who has, like, very strong political views at some point my cousins and stuff like have fought with her and they like get annoyed but like I th she's still very much part of the family because she's very integrated but I do have like a couple cousins that I'd be like okay well they're the kind of like outsiders type thing and I don't know if it's like that they've made themselves outsiders but I mean as far as I understand you're always kind of hanging out with your cousins you've taken them on your New York trips and so like I don't think I would consider you like that I mean I don't know if like the elders are like oh she talks about things she believes in I don't know <laughs> yeah and it's not all of them there's a few who may think that what exactly what you said um and I know a majority don't think that but I like I don't know I realized that this weekend I was just kind of like when I realized that I didn't know how to feel about that like I wasn't sad and I wasn't angry about it I was sad and angry about other stuff going on in the world but not about that particular thing and then I realized halfway through the week my feeling is no fucks <laughs> like I don't care if they don't like the way I think because I know that the way I think is the right way to think so then I was like eh and it kind of like like brushed it off but then I started to think like man everything started to make sense it's like why every time I would say like oh I'm moving to LA or stuff like that like I would get like side eyes and kind of like all of these different things from the certain people and I was just like oh oh that sucks but also you don't want people like that that are not going to support you and they just think of you in like a certain light yeah when it's family it's tricky yeah when it's family it's tricky but as I've, i feel like unfortunately as i've grown up i've come to like realize that so when i was younger everything always felt like no matter what happened family's there for you but as i've grown up i've come to realize like family disappoints you too and sometimes family disappoints you more than uh friendships yeah and unfortunately like as you grow up you come to realize like how people are and what they're really interested in and it's just kind of like sad and like that's one of the horrible things about growing up but 
I, I don't know if that's kind of what you're saying. I think I'm in the same boat right now, or I think I'm starting mm-hmm. to get on that boat of realizing that I'm at an age where I don't have time for people who don't want a genuine relationship with me. And I don't mean a romantic, I mean, just in general. Um, I've noticed that a lot. Like if, if, if I have to, a relationship's like a bridge, right? Two people that meet in the middle. If I have to build that whole damn bridge to get to your side, I'm not even going to help you. I'm not even going to build half of it. Like I'm just forget it. I'll go somewhere else because I just don't have the time for it. And the patience for people. And I have noticed certain people, um, like friends and stuff who will only reach out when, when they, they want need something. something. Yes. 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 But I've noticed that not only with, um, with friends, I've noticed it with a couple family members too. And what I've started to do is just kind of like slowly, if they reach out, just be nice. But like, I'm not going to reach out to them. So it's like, I'm not going to waste as much effort or time trying to like befriend them kind of thing. I'm just going to let them talk to me when they want and probably say no, <laughs> unless it's something that I want to do. Yeah. Unless it's beneficial to me too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> no, yeah, I, it's weird how life changes. Cause I remember, you know, when I was younger, you want approval of friends of families mm-hmm. and everything. And now I'm at an age where I'm like, I don't really need their approval. They can either write it with me or not. And, um, yeah. But other than that, my week's been kind of weird emotionally. Why? Um, I don't know. It's been odd. Like, I have, like, a week. I don't even know what I've been feeling. But I ended up not taking a job. And then I got an interview for a job. And then I didn't want that job. And then I was like, I don't know why, but time is going by really quickly. And it's getting kind of closer to the move date. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And I knew this was going to happen because I knew like, I'm really good at shutting off my emotions when something big like that's going to happen. But then the closer I get to that big thing, the more anxiety I get. But is it is it is it that you're not sure that you still want to move to LA? Or what what is it that you're feeling? No, I for sure 100% still want to move. I've made my like I've had conversations with, with myself in the mirror. I've told myself this is something you want. <laughs> there is no good reason for me to stay. So it's happening like I'm moving. I think what's scary is the unknown known i don't even know how what the what the word is in english but in spanish is like a presentimiento do you know what that is like a feeling yeah like yeah a feeling of like i'm not here to say that i can tell the future no that's what i'm uh, what i'm saying um but i have like this sense like almost like something is gonna happen while i'm there something good or bad i don't know part of it feels like it's a good thing um because i've tried to like dig deeper into that and I do think something good is going to come, but I, I, it also feels like something's going to be life changing. And I, that's what scares me is like, I don't know what that is. And it, and what if it's something that I wasn't expecting? What if it's not a career thing? What if it's something else? And you think it's like, you're, you're feeling you're like some, I mean, something's definitely going to happen because you're moving over there. So it's not like nothing's going to happen. <laughs> Your whole life's going to change. And I'm not saying like, a whole huge hit you're gonna get you might move there and like the first week be like oh everything's the same um but if something is happening you're moving away from your family you're building a new life for yourself and you're taking a leap which is really hard to do so even if it doesn't hit you at first and because I know I like I react to things late so it probably would take me like a month to react when I was there if I were gonna do something like that but I just, I also don't want you to kind of, because I tend to like really build up things in my head. And then when they actually happen, they just, they don't end up how they were in my head. And then it's just like this big disappointment. <laughs> and I don't want that to happen. So I also don't know if like your your head, because you're doing this big move, you're like, everything's going to be so different. And my life's finally going to start. And I'm finally going to be able to work where I want. And I'm like, just thinking you don't want to move there and then everything's much harder or much different than what you think and then you might be like disappointed I think that might be it so my thought process tends to be a little different I I'm more like the glass is half empty type of person 
And I think I do that to protect myself from disappointment. Yeah. I try to do that too, but I also fill up the other half in my head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I tend to be very much like, what's the worst possible thing that can happen? And how can I have a backup plan for that? So like, obviously the worst possible thing is I get there and I can't find a job in what I want. And then I'm like, well, the worst thing is, well, that's the worst thing. What could I do to, to do that? Well, I can just get a job to pay the bills while I'm there, while I'm still searching for a job. But it's not that type of feeling. It's like a different type of feeling of, I think what it is, is since I can remember that I wanted to do what I wanted to do, it's always been a dream. It's always felt reachable, but still unattainable. And it always felt like one day I'm going to do this one day. Like it always felt like that, like it was like a distant thing that I always aspired. And now I think it's getting clearer. Like I'm, it, it's more reachable. It's like, obviously I know moving there, I'm not going to get there. And then day one, I'm going to be offered like this sweet job and I'm going to find like the best thing ever and make a shitload of money. Like I'm, I'm aware of that. But I think the idea of just being there and having the opportunity feels like I'm tasting almost like that dream that I wanted. And it feels like, wow, like it's the beginning of something. You know what I mean? So, and it's like, and it's like you said, I, I'm very much aware that I could go and I could be there two weeks and be like, I don't like LA and I want to come home. And if, but that's it. That's the, that's the golden, that's my goal is to go there and just try, try and see if I have the potential to succeed in that environment because it's going to be different. Like I'm, I'm like going in knowing it's going to be hard and it's not going to be easy. And I'm going to be emotionally probably wrecked for like the first week. And I'm going to be like calling and probably you and probably my mom and probably my therapist like every day, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. but at least you'll know. Yeah. But so that's, I think that's where I am at right now. It's like that feeling of the unknown is kind of scary. Um, it hasn't a hundred percent hit. I think I'm just entering that stage in my anxiety of like, this is happening. Um, <laughs> so I'll keep you updated. I'm pretty sure it's going to hit at the airport. I think I'm going to have a nervous breakdown on the airplane. Like I think as I'm leaving Florida, I'm going to be like, oh, my family. And then, and then my goal, I've never been to the, to the, is that the West coast? Yes. To the West coast. The farthest I've ever gone is New York. <laughs> so it'll be fun. Well, you're going to get to go visit me. You should like, you should try to like journal as much as you can. Like I'm not a big journaler, but I know like when I did the Europe trip, I wrote as much as I could and it was like a pain in the ass to sit there and write it. But like now that I go back, I'm like, I'm so glad because a lot of details I forgot and I wrote them down. And since at least since this is going to be like a big thing, at least in the beginning, maybe it'd be cool for you to see it. And if you end up... Yeah, and if you end up staying there and a lot of things normalize or change, you could still go back and remember how hard it was or how easy it was at first. Or if you go back home, you still have that, like, at least the first month, I would think would be nice. Since you were talking about a book, I've been kind I've been trying to read a book. And I know it's a good book. It's got some good reviews. And it's the type of book that I've been interested lately, which is thriller. Um, But I had an idea. And... I don't know how I'm going to, if I'm going to move forward with this idea because um, I haven't thought it through, but I know that we like to bounce ideas back and forth. So (laughs) um, I kind of wanted to start a booktube YouTube channel. Like, like, have you, have you seen any booktubers on YouTube? I think when, when you came, you showed me. A couple? Yeah. Because we were thinking of going to BookCon. Oh, oh my gosh, BookCon. Uh-huh. I want to say something because I attended BookCon, um, the virtual. But I was gonna, and I'm gonna go back and attend it because I forgot. <laughs> okay, so we'll we'll talk about that. Put a pin on it. Um, So this BookTube, mm-hmm. it's basically like there's a bunch of them on YouTube. And all they do is like read books and then review the book with they have like spoiler spoilers and then non-spoiler ones. Most of them do. And then they just kind of like that's what they do. They just read books. I want to know if, if I could do that and then 
it would push me to read more because I've been wanting to read more and I've just been fucking lazy. So I'm like, maybe if I give myself a purpose. Do you want to know what pushed me to read? What? Oddly enough. Because I've been getting a lot of books and I won't actually get past the first couple chapters because I'm like, oh, I'd rather watch TV. And what pushes me to read lately is getting a book from the library and they only give you a month to read it. So, so I make myself read every night, like a, like a, like an hour before I go to bed. Cause, and that also helps me like actually fall asleep instead of watching TV. I'll be like, I'm going to turn off this because they only give me a, a month to read it and return it. And normally it's like a book that you order because it'll be like a, like a book that I heard was good. So then a lot of people are on the list to read it. So they don't let you recheck it out. So like, I literally will have a month to read it. So that has, and, and I used to never like getting books from the library because of that, because I didn't like having a deadline. But I've kind of noticed that the books that I get that are not from the library, I never finish them. I like start them and then halfway through, I like start doing other stuff and I forget. But the ones that I got in the library, I always finish them. I don't know if you've tried that. But. I have. Um, And as you said that, I'm staring right at the two library books I checked out four months ago that I haven't turned in. <laughs> I have two books that I checked out that I haven't turned in yet. And it's been like four months. But I did read I did read one of them and then half the other one. One of them was actually not that bad. I think I talked to you about it. It's called uh, Watching You. I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. But it was like, a, it's basically, it was like about someone getting murdered and you're trying to find out who it was. It wasn't that bad. It was, a, it was the author recently released a new book that was on, um, book of the month and I wanted to get it but I didn't end up choosing it and then I regret not getting it so then I wanted to read something else but like I wanted to see if I liked her style of writing and I did like it so I might try I think this one's like a newer or an older book so I might read like some of her newer books but the other book was very misleading because the book it's like I guess it goes down to like don't judge a book by its cover but it looked like it was a sci-fi book and it wasn't it was about like pirates and I was like what that makes no sense <laughs> oh my god honestly i hate that quote about don't judge a book about by its cover because i always judge a book by its cover and yeah me too. and I'm, I'm a writer and i always like if a book looks good i'm gonna be more attracted to it like the book that i lent you the get a life chloe brown that was a good book and the only reason i even chose it was because of the cover and because i thought it said charlie brown and i was like oh cute <laughs> <laughs> i've not read so many books because of the cover i'm sorry but it, don't judge a book by its cover is dumb because it's all about marketing and how you market your your book and if it doesn't look appealing i'm not gonna get it exactly yeah so it's definitely been I've been trying to read and I was like, maybe I can do YouTube. But then I was like, no, I don't know about being in front of a camera. I've just been watching a lot of booktubes because I'm like, if I'm not going to read, someone can read it and then tell me what it's about. I know that there was, okay, I don't know what it was called, but there's like an app where they basically summarize books to you in I think five minutes. I remember hearing the ad, ad about it and it was like, oh, we will summarize books to you all the important details in, in like five minutes and it didn't seem like a spark notes type thing it seemed like a you're too busy and you want to know about like important books and I'm so I was always like that's dumb if I'm gonna read a book I'm gonna read it and if I'm gonna want something in five minutes I'll watch the movie but <laughs> but I mean I guess it sounds like it might appeal to you <laughs> I'll look into it I kind of like watching these people talk about it um and I, and I, but I don't look, listen to all of them because the way I find the ones, I guess the reviewers that I like is I'll search up books that I've read and I'll see what they have to say. And if I agree with them and they say like critical, like good things, and I'm like, okay, this is good. I also think I would be good at it because I'm very hard to please when it comes to books and with movies. So I think I would be a good critic. Do you think if you're afraid of the camera, do you think you could maybe just write? I prefer watching them just because I can, you can get a sense if people are lying or not. You know, talking about like books, I don't like when authors, you know, when an author releases a book and they have to like tour to kind of advertise their book. I don't like the fact that they always talk about what their book is about and they read like chapters from their books because then I feel like they're all spoilers. And even if it's not a spoiler, like why are you reading me part of your book? <laughs> it always has, I don't know. I've noticed it lately. Like I'll be like, oh, I'm going to listen to this interview. But then I like won't let myself listen to the interview until after I've read the book because 
I don't want like to find out anything because they'll always ask about like oh how did you come up with this character that's like super important and then they'll always give away a couple details that I feel like I didn't want to know because you know me I don't like any spoilers at all so I've come to realize like I don't really like that I know that like authors have to do it to advertise themselves but I kind of wish there was a different way to do it like like they could ask more questions that didn't have to do with the actual plot (laughs) which I know is hard Yes, I've seen that a lot um, with especially jumping in, taking that pin out with BookCon. I sat in on a, on a few panels. I missed a lot of them because they were all on Saturday. And again, I had the family event. Yeah. Well, just so you know, they're they're posting them on YouTube. I don't know how soon, but. Yeah, I, I think they might also be on their Facebook, but I don't know. Wait, first explain. Sorry. First explain like because I didn't even know what BookCon is. It's like two to three days and it's in New York City and it's pretty much the same as Comic Con, um, but for books and and all these publishing houses go and they pretty much if they have new authors or really popular authors or new books from those popular authors, they all set up and they have workshops, panels. Um, It's like this chaotic thing because we watched a few videos of like people reviewing last year's and apparently it's like really chaotic, but pretty cool. I guess if you're into that, I personally like going into those type of things and like sitting in line and making friends in line. Like I love doing that at concerts. I don't. <laughs> I don't like meeting people. <laughs> I once almost got into a fight with a girl for cutting me and I loved it. Oh my God. And um, <laughs> it was not my best moment. The point is, so BookCon is this convention about books and a lot of people go to try to get free I think they're free um arcs of books which if you don't know what an arc is is like it's like when a book is almost about to hit publishing but they could still make a few tweaks here and there it's a really cool event it's very popular with people who go who make videos on YouTube about books and people who like to read and we had originally wanted to go earlier this year but then obviously COVID kind of took everything over and it got changed to online and it was free for pretty much the entire world to kind of go on and I was really excited because they were keeping a lot of the same panels and the ones that I were most interested were um the one about the Latino community and like like the authors in young adults specifically they had one about young adults and then they had one about superheroes and and they had one about fantasy too so like they were mostly on saturday so i kind of missed a few i watched only one let me tell you they deserve some props because they manage i mean i think it's the original book con was supposed to happen in may and they made it all virtual it was good it kind of made me want to go next year to the real one because i don't think you you could get the 100% experience with it because it was online and there were some glitches and stuff. But I really liked how it felt a little more personal in a sense because the panel that I was watching, I forgot, I think it was the one about fantasy. It was really interesting. It was like how these authors use their background to write fantasy. Yeah, it was only like four authors and they were all um from different backgrounds. And there was, I think one author on there and she's Puerto Rican and she was talking about how she took the stories that her, her grandmother told her growing up and she kind of twisted them and that's how she built her fantasy world. So that if you were to read it you would and you grew up listening to like Puerto Rican like mythology that you would be like oh wait that sounds familiar so that that's and she talked about how she didn't purposely do it she just kind of was taking it off and then realized like oh wait I'm using this as that and so it was a really interesting panel they did a give a giveaway I entered so many giveaways so I'm hoping I win something but I really enjoyed it it was good that's really cool. Maybe it'll be like a good way for them to like advertise for next year. Like even though this year they probably lost a lot of money, maybe a lot of people that have been curious about BookCon that didn't want to waste the money will see how it is. And I always thought it was interesting because we saw we saw a lot of booktubers talk about their experience in BookCon and it kind of, to me, the ones that we saw made me kind of be like, oh, I don't know if I want to go. But I think it's it's different if you go as like a book a book youtuber and like as a as a writer because for me personally like booktubers they go and they basically just want like the really good books and they go to get the free books so they can um talk and review them but I would normally go like for the panels and I know then one of the things I really liked in FSU was towards the end I found out about a couple panels and I always liked going to them they didn't really start doing it till like 
one of the last years that I was there, but I always thought the panels were interesting. Do you think it helps you like with your writing or you think it's more of just like an encouraging and like something that interests you? as far as what you've seen? Because I haven't really seen it, so I've kind of wondered that. I think it's a little bit of both. I I was interested in the panels because I wanted to hear what these authors had to say because it didn't really specifically say they were going to talk about this, this, and this. It was just kind of like fantasy young adult panel. And I was like, oh, cool. And I knew some of the authors on that panel. Um, well, not personally, but like I've read some of their books. So I was like, okay, let me see what they did because one of the authors that was there, one of her book series is really, really popular. And I've read uh, one of her books. So I was like, she she's doing it right. Like, uh, clearly she's doing it right. So I wanted to hear. And it was interesting because a lot of the times we don't see the author. We just kind of read their work. So hearing them and talking about like on that fantasy when they were talking about world building like what they do for world building and that helped me a lot because I I don't struggle with coming up with the world for my fantasy novels I struggle with actually writing it down because sometimes I'm like oh everything's in my mind but then I can't write it down it was helpful to hear that it's a normal thing like a lot of them were like oh yeah like when I first started like I had one of them was talking about having like different like cutouts of things kind of like a vision board it was just it was interesting to hear and kind of see what they done so that maybe I can try certain techniques like that specific author was saying how she never really worried about it she worried more about the characters because then your characters will naturally she's like your characters will naturally tell your world she was also saying like don't assume that your readers are dumb like you don't have to explain five times that the wall is that the wall is purple like they got it the first time you said it she was basically saying when you when it comes to details don't just say them because you're trying to fill up words just say them if they're going to have a purpose. So if there's, I guess an example would be like, if you're going to say the wall is purple, there has like, what's the purpose behind though? Is it purple because it's the color of something there? Or is it just because you were like, the wall is purple? Yeah, I remember one time, one of the teachers I really liked at FSU, uh, Elizabeth Stucky French, I've told you about her. Something that she, one of the times I wrote the short story that I really liked, it was about this little girl who was adopted and she was really struggling with the fact that she was adopted and that she didn't feel like she fit in as much because her family wasn't quote unquote normal. I've always been really bad at setting. I just kind of have to put in the setting as I edit it. Uh, when I described the little girl's room and I was, and it wasn't describing as well, I just said, oh, they're those walls and stuff <laughs> and this and she was like no use this to show specific things about the personality of this little girl that you don't have to explain through a, a flashback or anything like that like like it, does, does she love bunnies is there a bunny poster or is her favorite color like you said purple so then maybe the walls are filled with purple glitter or she has little stars on the wall because she likes astronomy and stuff like that and I was like oh like so it's kind of what you're saying like you have to think about it in regards to like yeah of course you have to describe that it's a room everybody understands basically Basically, unless the room is like super different like it's round you don't have to describe that there's four walls you know like only describe the things that will help the story along and it's hard to like think about it when you're just going through it and you're just adding in setting and stuff like that but sometimes I wish I just had like this one little checklist where I was like okay remember setting is only important to this and I think it for me that I always have the problem with setting for you I guess it's world building which is also kind of like setting but I have also heard a lot of authors recently say that they start out with their characters which is always for me the driving force of my story like the character and how they are once I have the character I basically have most of the story so that's probably more of what I'm looking for instead of listening to like authors go around and advertise their books and read sections I probably am looking more for like panels <laughs> I just I have a couple authors that I really like and when I listen to the interviews I'm like oh now I know like what basically the whole book is about you know because I'll know like oh this was a main character that she wrote and I know that and I know like a couple struggles she went through and then they read a chapter and, and I know that like it's important but I'm always like oh I wish they were asking more about like technique and stuff like that and I'm like okay I need to stop thinking about myself <laughs> to go back to what you mentioned about maybe world building similar to setting I definitely do agree with you on that because we've been writing recently fantasy or sci-fi it's like set in the real world which is like different for me and I I know and I was describing a setting the other day and I was like going into so much detail but not like you know the door has a knob on it I was more of like just trying to set up this scene of a regular house because I don't know why but that was just the, and then I realized like I just wrote two paragraphs talking about a couch and a table <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know if that's something because I feel like I have to do with world building or not or maybe it's just practice but since you write more like set in real life how do you make it adventurous 
is my question mostly because I feel like I have to add something like bam, something has to happen. And then I'm like, no, this is a regular story. The biggest thing that could happen is maybe she hits her toe. Like, um, so how do you do with that? Like, give me some advice. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me see. Um, I think it depends on the story, but for me, so for me, I, I kind of, this is something that I, I was used to be told a lot. You have to remember when you're writing a story, you can't have like things around them be the driving force of the story. You can't be like, well, the story continues because somebody knocked on the door. She, You have to think of like, what is this character trying to achieve? What is it that she wants the most in the world? And you just have to figure out like what is preventing her from doing it. Basically just like in real life. Like let's say your biggest dream is moving to LA and you have to write like how you got to LA and then you have to talk about like, first uh, you have that health scare. Then we have the pandemic and you lost your job. Then you have this. So you just have to use all of that stuff. And when you describe setting, I used to do that where I would spend a long time describing like a couch or whatever but I used to hate reading books that spend too long describing something dumb and I would just read like skip through those paragraphs and now I've kind of just realized like I'll just describe a couple things in the room just to like make it obvious like that it's a room basically like she was laying on the bed and like just try to only mention important things like you don't have to mention every desk and every poster and every like just a couple things just to give a visual kind of I, I was like reading a lot into that and I had a professor always tell me that you can't basically have all of the problems come from the outside. Let's just specifically in a short story. I think in a book, it's a little more complicated, but he would always say only one should be uh, from the outside and the rest should probably come from like problems the character creates themselves. And this is really hard for me too. I have to think about it and I have to figure it out. But a lot of times it's like, what is it that this character wants the most? And even though this sounds easy slash boring, it's actually like one of the most important things I think when you write non-sci-fi because I think in sci-fi there's always like a big thing like like a big political statement or something like that where like it's the person against like whatever is going on in that world and in normal in normal literature you have to use what is already going on so that's why sometimes authors will take what is going on in the world like politics wise or something like that to make it part of their statement but you just have to first you have to re realize like what year are you talking about I almost always do like pretty contemporary because I'm not I don't like history yeah this one's definitely contemporary oh I would hate to do history yeah I love watching like movies that are set in like kind of like Jane Austen type and but I, I don't know if I could write that because I'm not I'm not well versed in my history in order to like write it like that um so it's I really like and I'm taking notes, by the way, of what you're telling me, because I've been struggling with the story because I feel like I have to make it super over the top or not. I feel like I'm doing that on purpose because of fantasy and sci-fi. Like There has to be like an overall thing, goal kind of thing. And with this one, I like what you said about one of the problems should be like external and the rest should be internal. Like that really helps because I kind of have an idea of what her external one is. Yeah, this is why this is why when I would... This is why when I would get stuck in my book, I don't know if you remember, I would always somehow end up like at a bookstore and I would buy like a how-to book about literature. And I have, I'm telling you, I have like 10 that I've started and I've never finished it. And I think it's just like, I'll be sitting there and I'm like looking for something. When I finally find like one little sentence that like is important, that will be like me being encouraged to continue the story. So I think that's just like a big thing. I think it's sci-fi relies a lot on like the new world and that uh, contemporary literature most of the time, it's like the whole time the person is trying to get to what they really want. And a lot of times, either at the end, they get it or they realize something about themselves. That's what I've kind of come to figure out. And and a lot of times, it takes a lot to get to what you want. So let's say what you want is, let's say we're talking about body positivity, like in this book I'm reading. Let's say like, or okay, let's say the person really wants to find love. Like that's like what this book is about. This girl is going to go on dates. And at first, the problem is that she won't be picked on dating apps. And that would be like the outside source or whatever. And then the a second one would be, well, she feels like she's she she hasn't gotten to the right weight or she, she won't meet the right type of person at a bar. And then let's say like eventually she'll figure out that it's really that she just doesn't give herself enough worth yeah. to allow somebody else to give her worth and or something like that. Like I'm not trying to like write a book for you, but, but you get what I'm saying? It's like, I, I hope that's helping you because I don't know if I'm, I'm making sense. No, it is. It is. Um, I guess I don't know if you want to go into this because I can I kind of tell you a little bit of what I have in mind and mm -hmm. it maybe can help me but I don't know if you want to I don't mind as long as you don't mind that everybody's gonna find out about your story <laughs> I don't mind okay go ahead no I'm cool um so it's kind of based 
on like this girl who had, and I've kind of told you a little bit about, she did something where she messed up her career and she has to leave. I ended up going with New York and because I was between New York and LA. And so she did something like a mistake. And I think I know what the mistake is, but I'm not going to say the mistake just because this is going to be public. But she made this mistake and it ended up costing her her career. So she's very much aware that it was she played a part in this situation. And she moved to the, to a small town. So that's going to be her external, I guess. Battle would be her coming to accept, own up to what she did. Because I don't, I think right now where I'm writing her, she hasn't owned up what she's done. Was this her dream career that she has to give up right now? Pretty much, yeah. She messed up so bad that she can't get a job anywhere in a big city because the company she worked for has a lot of power. So I want her to kind of come to acceptance of her part into it and almost like have like a rebuilding kind of like a soul searching almost type of thing okay okay well that's your end though that's your end the problem is how does she get there yes that's like where i'm at because i think the things she's gonna create is like in this new town she's gonna be very for someone who's very open-minded she's gonna be very closed-minded in this small town like she's gonna be very like i don't want to be here very negative almost and trying to push things away and be very closed off but also i want her to create a little so the whole the last thing I wrote was her friend telling her like you need to lay low don't don't become a public like don't make anything public here so that paparazzi doesn't find you type of thing and I want her to do something so that it does happen like like she becomes almost just like a like she'll be on the newspaper of her local little town and she's gonna be like oh no one's gonna find out and then I don't know how I'm gonna do it yet but somehow she's gonna it's gonna come back to bite her but I want her to make that choice because one thing I I like in writing is character who make choices thinking or believing that it's like the best decision and then it comes back and it like slaps them in the face and then now they have to work through that so I want this to be like that like her being like very confident like oh I can do this and then she does this and then she's like oh I should have listened to my friend and not made a big thing here but I don't know what that is yet okay I don't know exactly what you're trying to ask me but so something to keep in mind is that when you come from a big city it's very different than when you live in a small town and of course, like you kind of grew up in a small town because you grew up in Tallahassee, but I don't know if you grew up in a small enough town where uh-huh. gossip kind of goes around quickly. So I think it could be interesting. Uh, I'm not trying to write anything for you, but the difference between a big city and a small town is that in a small town, even though people are gossip, like people like really care about each other. So maybe like when she makes this mistake, it either affects somebody important that is not just her because the first time around it was mostly her that it was affected. And then, or maybe it's the way that people react to what she does wrong that opens her eyes to something. So, and then you could use, in this case, you can use the setting because in a big city, like people are a little bit more self-centered and they're so focused on like their goals. But in small towns, it's more about like loving each other and being there for each other. So I don't know if you can kind of use that because of your setting. Um, Then her coming from a big town, maybe that's part of her learning process. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I think it's just like, I don't know, it's been it's been easy to write, but also difficult to plan out because which is the opposite of the usual. Yeah. So remember how remember? Yeah. Remember how we always talk about how I don't like to plan and you do. I kind of find it depends if you're trying to write a book or a short story in a short story. I just kind of let it lead myself because short stories tend to be no more than like 14 pages. So you can just like if there's a lot of like blah, blah, blah in the middle, you can take that out and fix it soon enough. But if it's a book, I don't like to do more than like think of like three main points I like to hit so I can get to the end of what I want. And I normally just think of those three main points. And sometimes I write five and I choose which ones are the three. Um, And sometimes I don't get the second till I figured out the first type thing. I think that that's a big thing because the thing is in a, in a sci-fi thing is a lot of work because everything is world building and everything has to do with the world building. And you have to focus a lot on it and you have to use a lot of the world building to describe things because you don't have space to like only do one or the other. And when you talk about something contemporary, like liter- literature that is contemporary, you don't need to use that much space to explain the world because you're talking about a world that already exists and one that normally your readers already understand unless something crazy happens. And of course the pandemic happened, but I mean something that really, really changes a lot and people wouldn't understand you get me 
which is what happens in sci-fi. So I think maybe that's why you're having a tough time because think about when you do like to plan, what is it about the planning that's so important to you? Is it because of the world building or is it because of the character? Because for me, the character is what the is the driving force of my story. So sometimes like characters kind of surprise you in these type of things. So um, first of all, like, of course, talking it out with somebody like I like to do that, too, because even if you don't like what they're saying, it it always gives you an idea, you know? Yeah, I'm excited, though. We'll see where this story goes, because I've been really into it lately, which sucks because I have like four other stories I should finish first. But (laughs) yeah, maybe if you finish this one, you'll be able to use something you learned from the story. Because, okay, I feel like writing is hard in general, but I think that writing world building and sci-fi type of stories is really hard. And maybe this is like a good chance for you to like learn about just like your way of telling a story and then you can get into the toughness of world building. Because I think for me, I think that's what's so hard is that like already writing a normal contemporary story is hard because there's so many components to it that like for me writing a, like a, a world where I have to build it and it's so different is hard because I can't concentrate as much on the characters maybe this will be like a good, even if you don't end up finishing it'll be a good exercise uh I hope you do finish it though <laughs> mm-hmm. I think yeah and I definitely don't know if this will be a novel I know we talked about this other day like I thought it could be but I think it might be more of like a short not even like a short story like a like a novella type of thing like really short book I really hope mine is a short story because I need to not start another book right now. <laughs> like I need to finish this quick <laughs> so I can get back to the other story. I need to finish that, get to that third draft. And as I write this one, the other one calls, like I'll have their name pop up and I'll remember things. So I'm like, I really hope this is not a draft because that's going to take me way longer than I anticipated. I didn't even anticipate to write. I actually kept wanting to write but I wouldn't do it because I was afraid that I would end up writing another book when I really want to get back to my other draft in like a month <laughs> we'll see <laughs> I kind of want to write now <laughs> yeah I totally want to write now <laughs> I guess we can wrap it up and say thank you for listening we hope that by the time you hear this there is some change in the world thank you for listening And we hope that even though things are tough, hopefully by the time you listen to this, things have been cleared out a little bit and, uh, but not, but, but still with enough change going on because it's, it's easy to at first fight really hard for something and then let it wear out with time. And, uh, I know that the, what's going on right now is something that has been a long time coming and is something that was started a long time ago, but but sometimes it takes something as, as with the gravity of what's going on to show more and the important to like light a fire in people's asses, basically. And I think at least right now that's what's happening. I hope that things will be calmer, but I do hope that there is enough change and that something good will happen um, because sometimes one bad thing after another is not the best thing, even though sometimes it's necessary. So I hope... Mm-hmm. that there's more pos- like positivity within the negativity and I hope that this little episode about basically nothing <laughs> helps you somehow uh, at least feel good today <laughs> yeah yes and thank you for listening to the, our rambles we promise we'll be back on topic uh, next week hopefully see you guys soon um, alright Sounds nice. Sounds nice. Bye. Girl, are we connected? (laughs) I think we are.